Thank you, kids. Appreciate that. We do have much to be thankful for, and uh, that's what our message is going to be about today. Although in a little bit uh, different book of the Bible than maybe you have thought about. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Esther 2. Esther 2, right after Nehemiah, if that helps you any. We'll be mostly looking at one verse, at verse 17, but we'll be using some others around it. But Esther 2, and, and, and I came up with a really catchy title today. It's up on the board. Thankfulness. How about that? Really catchy. Esther 2.17 out of the ESV says, The king loved Esther more than all the women, and she won grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set his, the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Ashti. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to preach the words you laid upon our hearts. Lord, impress upon us the need to be thankful for what you do. Even in tough times, Lord, there is much to be thankful for. Guide us as we preach today. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Even though Esther, Esther's life may seem difficult and fraught with problems, Esther had much to be thankful for. Our own lives may seem difficult and fraught with problems, but we also have much to be thankful. This week we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, and many of us will have family and friends over for too much food and struggle to stay awake in the late afternoon when we're supposed to be watching some of these fantastic football games that are going on. At least that's my problem. But hopefully... It's also a time that we can focus on being thankful. Too many people today focus on what is wrong and what they believe to be the hardships that face us in our lives. And they miss out on the basic thankful opportunities that we have each and every day. This morning we'll read about and we'll talk and discuss about a young lady who has only known exile and captivity in her life. She probably can't remember her homeland from which she was taken. She's lost her parents and had, had been taken in by her uncle and now has been taken away from him by the king to be part of his harem. A concubine, not by her own choice, but because the king could do these things. There's so many things about Esther that she had the opportunity, I guess we could say opportunity to fret over and be anxious about, but we don't see Esther having that attitude of doubt and despair. But what we do see is a young woman who was thankful for, God, for what God was providing and doing for her life. You know, like Esther, there might be some here today, even in this audience, that has had a life that's far less 
than what we'd have dreamed about. Or maybe life has just kind of ganged up on us and beat you up and left you bloodied and wounded. The point of the story from Esther is that even when our lives seem dark, seem grim, that we can and should be thankful. I'm looking at the life, or in looking in the life of Esther, I can see just three general areas of where we can find thankfulness. Even when all else points towards pain and hardships, we can too find thankfulness. Well, the first thing I want to look at is just a general thankfulness for physical blessings. Let's back up just a, a moment there in Esther to Esther 2, 5 through 8. And again, I'll read this out of the ESV. And it says, Now there was a Jew in Susa, the citadel, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shemel, son of Kish, and a, a Benjamite. Benjamin, Benjamite. Benjaminite. I'll get that right one of these times. Who had been carried away from Jerusalem along with the captives carried away from uh, Jeconia, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, the daughter of his uncle, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was lovely to look at. And when her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. When the king's order and his edict were proclaimed, and when many young women were gathered in Susa, the citadel, in custody of Haggai, Esther, was, Esther also was taken to the king's palace and put in custody of Haggai, who had charge of the women. When we look at Esther, we find that even though she was a captive in a foreign land, even though she had lost her parents and now been taken away from her uncle's family, and was taken into the king's harem, Esther still had many things to be thankful for. She was blessed by God in her captivity. She had air to breathe. She had water to drink and food to eat. Esther was blessed with shelter and good health. Now, I know that maybe you might be saying, well, that's not all that great. But I want to take stock of some things and understand how important these things are to our lives today. I found in my research and study of this that the body can do without oxygen or air for a maximum of about three to five minutes. God has seen to place... You on a planet that's, far, that's just far enough away from the sun and just close enough to the sun that our atmosphere creates the conditions for production of oxygen. God provides you with the very air you breathe. The water you drink. Do you know that you're blessed to be able to walk to a sink and turn on the water and drink that water? Most countries throughout our world do not have drinkable water available. You know, when I used to live down in New Mexico, I traveled to Mexico an awful lot. And there's an old saying, don't drink the water. Guess what? Don't drink the water. Okay? I did. Got dysentery. Got sick. 
you never know what you're drinking down there or what kind of well it's coming from. <laughs> Charles is laughing at me down there. Don't drink the water. I went overseas. I went to Egypt. Guess what? Don't drink the water that comes out of the tap. That's why every corner you go on, they'll sell you these bottled waters, which sometimes I think that they may have been opened and filled with what came out of the tap. I'm not sure, but you don't drink the water. Isn't it nice that you can, and it's, I, I know I make fun all the time, but if I go back to there, that drinking fountain back there, I may not like the taste of the water, but there's nothing wrong with that water. Okay, I'm not one of y'all West Side farmer types and drink well water. Okay, I'm used to city water, but still, I can push on that button on that fountain and drink that water and not have to worry about it. I can go to my sink at home. I can lift up that handle and drink that water. I've been to many areas of the world where you cannot do that. Do you realize that water is a commodity that was and still today is fought over? Or searched for. Or you got to dig a well to get it. I'm thankful for the water we drink. We have food to eat. Some of us have a little bit more than others. We can go to the, we can go to the market and we can buy food. It's right there on the shelf. We don't even have to grow it. Thank goodness, because I hate gardens. I preached on that months ago. I, I just don't like gardens. But, you know, I can go to the grocery store and I can buy food. You know, I found out just the other day, Marilyn was telling me, my favorite place down here, Priceless Foods, closed down. And that's where we got all of our chicken for our meals around here. That saddened me an awful lot. We have to find a new place to get our fried chicken. You know what? I've been in countries around the world that there are no places to go buy food. Went to Daywig Meats yesterday and bought pork chops. And I thought, man, this is just absolutely great. And then I was thinking about the sermon. Guess what? A lot of people can't go 15 miles away and buy some really, really good pork chops. We have food. We have water. We have health and shelter you may not like your house or your home but and you may have even some health issues but let me share something with you there will always be someone that has it worse off what am i saying i'm saying that we need to be focused on what we have what god has provided us with so many times we focus on what we don't have or what we cannot have and we become unthankful in our hearts. Going back, focusing on Esther this morning, she had every opportunity to whine about her situation, but instead she decided to be thankful for what she did have. And she had been exiled from her homeland, but she had a home she had lost her parents, but she had family that loved her and took her in. She was taken away from that family by a king to be part of her harem. But she understood that it was also an opportunity to become queen. Now, I don't know if any of you, and I've preached in Esther before, and I've said this, but some folks didn't, you know, weren't here back then. But Esther is a somewhat controversial book. Maybe you haven't had a chance to really look it up. But do you realize in Esther the name of God is never mentioned? 
Never mentioned. In the book of Esther, Esther, prayer is not mentioned. Fasting is, but prayer itself is not mentioned. There's a lot in Esther that we could look and say, well, why was that included in the canon? And I believe that it's because we're pointing to a time that the Israelites were living out of the will of God and had become far away from God. And we see through the life of Esther how one can go and be a intermediate between God and man and point towards his salvation. And that's what she's going to do. Now, I'm getting ahead here, so and we're not even going to get into that point, really. So, But anyway, she was placed in that time. And we're going to talk about that's in the third point there. The Apostle Paul wrote about these situations, about these anxious times in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And it says... Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We're not to be anxious about life, but we're to be thankful. And when we do have a request, we're to bring it to God. There is nothing wrong. I know it was uh, last month we preached on prayer. And there's nothing wrong with bringing your requests to God. He wants to hear our requests. Oh, He may know it in our, what's in our hearts, but He wants to hear from us. He wants to know what we are requesting. And when we live our lives in this way, God has promised a peace that surpasses, that defies our understanding. Do you want to experience a life that defies understanding, that defies explanation? First, I think that you need to stop worrying and fretting over things you have to get into an attitude of thanksgiving, then God will bless you with a peace that will calm your soul. We should be thankful for the little things in life, our air, our water, our food and shelter, and even our health. You may even have some physical troubles, but you're alive. You're here today. You have reason to be thankful, and it's for the little physical things of this life. However, other things that should be thankful there are other things that should be thankful for. Another one is that we need to be thankful for our country. And we'll say that at this point we'll be thankful for our origin. Going along with that, Esther 2.10 says, Esther had, had not made known her her people or kindred for Mordecai had commanded her not to make it known Mordecai was a devout Jew an honorable man even though he had been taken captive and sent into exile he chose to save the life of the king 
But he also refused to bow down to the tyrant, Haman. Mordecai lived in a foreign land where he and his family had been forced to live, exiled from his own country. Mordecai could have been bitter about that, but instead he began to serve where he was planted. He began to serve the king. It reminds me of some, when I was at Trinity, I would talk to a number of inmates that wanted to further their education, their college education. And even though they had been in jail and was going to face more jail time, prison time for many years, they wanted to serve where they were planted. It wasn't just an opportunity to pass the time by studying, but they wanted to make a difference in the life of other inmates that were around them. And I was thinking about that as I was studying about Mordecai again. He wanted to serve where he was planted. He had every right to be unhappy that he had been exiled, that he had been taken captive. And, but no, he wanted to serve God. Today in America... We do have a great country, regardless of how many are trying to rewrite the history books and all the things that are going on right now. I believe that our nation is great because it was founded on godly principles and Christian values. The founding fathers pointed to God in the founding of this nation. If you look at our our documents, the Constitution, and other things, you can tell that they placed the value of God above all others. Now, I'm not saying that all of our forefathers were godly men. Matter of fact, we know for a fact that many were not so godly. But they understood the importance of having God in the nation. Why in the world do we want to kick God out of everything when it, our forefathers knew it was so important? Our forefathers came to this country and it was the escape persecution and the tyranny over their lives. They came so they could be free to worship and live as they choose. They established freedom to the everyday person, something that was rare in the old world. But here the promise of freedom was what drew people to our country. I want to share with you that freedom in a, in a sense that our founding fathers wanted us to experience. Freedom is not a guarantee for us in this world. Did you hear that? Freedom is not a guarantee for us. A couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Veterans Day. And I am proud that we have a number of veterans, including myself, in this congregation. I am proud that I come from a family that every one of my uncles served. And that most of my cousins have also. I am proud for the fact that we, that we have people that have done their part. But freedom is not something to be treated lightly. Freedom does not mean that you can do whatever you want. Freedom is about choice. In our country, we had the freedom to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. 
doesn't mean that we will tame all these things, but with freedom comes risk, and with that risk, there comes some failure. So many in our world want total freedom, but they want a guarantee. But freedom doesn't come with a guarantee. The only guarantee that freedom in our nation gives us is that we are guaranteed the opportunity to achieve. And then again, I thank God for the men and women who sacrificed all to give us that opportunity of freedom. Too many today want a total freedom, but they don't realize what it costs. We are free in our country, and we live in the greatest country on earth. I have no doubt about that. And Esther was proud of her heritage, even though she had to make the choice to hide her true identity. Remember, if you read through the book of Esther, you'll find that she hid that she was truly a Jew. And God, it's one of the few places that you see that God honors a, not a, I don't want to call it a lie, but a misrepresentation to get his will done. We live in a nation where we can live free and worship as we choose, at least for the time being. We live in a country where Christianity, although under attack, is still practiced by many of our people. We must be thankful that we live in a country where we are free to worship. See, folks, I have been in other countries. Now, yes, it was many years ago, and some have grown even worse. But I've been in other countries where they were not free to worship. They were not free to mention the name God. Oh, they could mention Allah. But they couldn't mention Yahweh, God. Jehovah, God. And they could be placed in jail. I've got friends that were in Turkey last year that couldn't go back this year because of all the uprising. Ministering to people, although they could get in trouble, but now you don't dare go. See, friends... The freedom to worship is a great freedom. Esther had to keep her heritage and worship secret, but God enabled her to reveal it in a due time. And that's what I want to that's the next point that I want to bring up is that the thankfulness for this time. In chapter 4, 13 and 14 of Esther, it says, Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do you not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews? For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Her uncle Mordecai told Esther that she had been brought to where she was and this was happening to her for such a time as this. There was a man that was named Haman who was intent on destroying all the Jews in the kingdom and he had devised a plan to do so. 
Mordecai, who refused to honor Haman, had found out about this plan. He went to Esther and told her to go to the king and plead for the lives of her countrymen. Esther knew that the law stated that if you were not called to the king's chamber by the king, that the sentence for walking into his chambers unannounced was death. Where we find the former queen Vashti, well, she kind of did the same thing. Well, she didn't come in unannounced. She just refused to go to a dinner that he had planned. And guess what? We don't know that she lost her life. doesn't really say. But knowing Xerxes, she probably, she probably did. But, Mur- but Mordecai was urging his, we'll call her stepdaughter. Okay, I guess it was his niece, but kind of stepdaughter. But urging Esther to go and tell and not wait for the king to call her. Esther was afraid, but Mordecai told her, This is why God placed you in this situation. For such a time as this. Esther doesn't seek for guaranteed success, but instead she trusts God and goes in to the king's chamber and God honors her faith and the king welcomes her and hears her plea and because of Esther's bravery she saves her people how about you today you live in a nation where you're free to worship but you're also been born into this country for this time not 50 years ago not 50 years from now but this time. Well, I can't step out like Esther. I might fall flat on my face. I may fail. I may say the wrong thing. I may offend somebody. I want to tell you that success, not as the world sees it, but as God measures it, is not guaranteed in our lives, but success in the eyes of God is always guaranteed when we obediently follow His calling on our lives. You know, today I I was going to continue on because I'm still in this devotional study uh, on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and I was looking at some of the passages on that. Uh, But that's what the Holy Spirit is all about is giving us the strength to do something we normally couldn't do on our own, to give us the words to say, also to give us the courage for such a time as this. There are many people today who profess Christ with their mouths, but who are unwilling to get into the ball game. When it comes to serving Christ as they profess. I've heard some even wonder what benefits does it have for them to serve when they can simply sit and absorb. But we have to understand that it's not about benefiting ourselves, but it's about our obedience to the Lord. When Paul said that today is the day of salvation, what he meant there was that today is the day to act. Today is the day to obey. Today is the day to submit to God. 
that so many times we'll say, not today, but maybe tomorrow. We're not doing real well on the spiritual front. We have a government that is bent on taking the freedom out of worship. At least the way I see it. And spreading it out over everything. Spreading it out over groups that didn't die for the freedoms that we have right now. That didn't. That just came in from other countries. And believe me, folks, there's several groups out there that are bent on taking away our Christian rights. Get in the game. And again, you were called just for this time to stand up to promote Christian values, to speak out, to vote. But are you doing that? We must be thankful that God has placed us on a planet and in a country where we have clean air, clean water. We're just kind of reiterating some of the things because I'm concluding this thing now. Health, liberty, shelter. All those things that I talked about. We should be grateful for that. Very thankful for that. We must be thankful that God has placed us in a time such as this. But my friends, are we wasting this time away? Are we allowing others to take away what we inherited? And most of all, are we just speaking out for God? Friends, I, I talk to a lot of other pastors about this, and we're seeing a kind of a waning away of members. Some are going to these other churches that have big stage shows and whatnot. And I'm not saying that they're not preaching the gospel. What I am saying is, that a lot of people are going to churches where they can kind of get lost in the crowd, not be asked to do anything, not be challenged to take their part, to do their part. But friends, we are here today. And I got this feeling, just as God was talking to me throughout this, putting this sermon together, I think God is probably talking to some here today saying, are you doing your part? I placed you here. We've talked about the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about, and, and I'll be preaching a series on that here coming up next week. But are you utilizing the fruit that God placed in your life? Are you exhibiting the fruit that God placed in your life? Are you telling others about Jesus Christ? Because it is our responsibility to do so. Just remember that today we have a lot to be thankful for. A lot to be thankful for. 
But my concluding question is, are you thankful? Let's pray as we prepare for our invitation time. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. I thank you again for the opportunity to preach this message. Lord, I just pray that we are thankful for what you do in our lives each and every day. And God, I am so thankful for the benefits that you have given us. Not just water and food and health and life and liberty and shelter, all those things that I mentioned, but also, Lord, for our country that allows us to worship you and for the people who defended that right. Lord, guide us in this time of invitation. In your precious name I pray.